Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Josh Innes Show. Howdy and welcome in to the Josh Innes Show. How are you? Good to be back. Did you miss me? Hello. Ha ha. Hope everything's going well. So, um, so I, I, I will get into some stuff here to start off and kind of give you like just an idea of why I haven't done the podcast in nearly two months and what the overall goal is and everything else. I want to um, get into that with you. Jilly is not here. I'm recording this at uh, like early in the morning, like four in the morning on Friday. So. Uh, I'm just getting this one out of the way and talking with you guys, giving you kind of a state of the podcast and some thoughts on the Thursday night football stuff. Because really, what happened last night on Thursday night football was kind of my um, my reason, I guess, for getting back into it. Like, I just was so annoyed and enraged by stuff that I was reading on social media last night. And I didn't want to tweet about it because... Like you, you knew it was one of those situations where if you tweeted something that was outside of the everyone should sue the NFL and everybody the NFL should go straight to hell and they're killing players and blah. If it was anything aside from that, then more than likely you would just get crushed and then you'd be inundated with tweets all night and you'd be told that you don't care about football players and you don't care about their health and you're a terrible person. And I just didn't feel like dealing with that. And I haven't felt like dealing with a lot of stuff. That's why I don't tweet about stuff on social media for the most part. And sometimes I do and then I'm inundated with messages and I get tired of it and I don't want to deal with it. But let me get into this first, okay? So the last time there was a podcast was, I think, on August 10th, and it was one about my dad being on TikTok. Then we did the birthday party, and for whatever reason, when the birthday party thing was over, I was sitting there, and I think I think it was a Friday night. It was a Friday or Saturday, whatever day it was, and I was sitting there, and I it just when it was over, I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Like, we had done the podcast at that point for nearly three years, and I knew for certain that I didn't want to spend my Fridays and Saturdays drinking beer and doing shots on Twitch. It's not to say that I don't enjoy it sometimes, but it just kind of got um, sort of redundant, and um, we were talking to the same people over and over, and... You know, we're staying on there and, you know, and I appreciate the people that have always thrown out cash for shots and everything else. And I truly do appreciate that. But I had just kind of gotten burned on it and I felt like we were doing it too much. And I just I, I, I wasn't enjoying it. Right. Like it just wasn't the same oomph that I had, like in the Rona and stuff like that. I just felt like we were doing, 
you guys a disservice because we were doing crap. I felt like it was crap, and I was doing it because, hey, I wanted to do a show for you guys. Hey, I wanted to hang out with you guys. Hey, you know, you get donos and everything. It's hard to say no to all that. And so I did it, but ultimately it was like I felt like I was screwing you guys over, and I was kind of drained on doing the Twitch stuff. But I had no intentions of of stopping the podcast. And then I sat there that weekend, and, you know, I I didn't post the the birthday show because I didn't think it was particularly good, you know. And then Monday rolls around, and I'm thinking about doing a pod, and I go, yeah, I, I don't know that I feel like doing this today. And I told myself, hey, it's fine. Just post the birthday pod and go. Well, then I didn't even post the birthday pod, and then I didn't do a show, and then I didn't do a show the next day. And before you know it, it had been a week, and and then before you know it, it had been two weeks. Now I think it's been like five or six weeks, and I've just never really felt compelled to get back into doing it, and I felt like I needed a break from it. Now, you guys might listen to that and say, you're being a bitch, you're being whiny, just do a podcast. But there was also a lot of stuff going on radio-wise, like we were working on getting the show on in Memphis, where it is now. Jilly was adding a couple of stations, so she was having to do more work as well, right? So she was already like, Jilly, with all these, she's on like four or five stations now in various times of the week, and so that's kind of a a pain. And Jilly doesn't just kind of half-ass the radio stuff. Like me, I can kind of bullshit my way through a lot of radio stuff and make it sound all right. Jilly likes to sound really good. She does not like to go on the air and you know do anything that she thinks might sound shitty. So what might take some jamoke like me... I don't know, uh, you know, 10 minutes might take her an hour because she cares more about the quality of it. And I respect that. Uh, and not that I don't care about quality, but like Jilly really cares about that because if she puts her name on it, she wants it to be good. So you got that part of it. And I was just burned on the podcast and burned on sports. And, you know, I- I've seen some people when they comment on my posts about why I don't do it. Um, there are some people, is it Matt? Groves, who's one of the guys who listens all the time, and I honestly have nothing against the guy or anything, and he's listened for a while. Uh, but he said, you know, Josh quit the podcast because Astros Twitter ran him off. It, I want to be clear about that. Like, I didn't stop doing the podcast because, like, I can't handle criticism or anything like that from people. That's dumb. I've gotten criticism since I was 17 years old doing stuff on the radio. That's not the issue. It was just, I kind of said to myself, why the fuck am I sitting here fighting with people over this shit with these people who I believe have really stupid opinions? And, uh, like, listen, this might sound elitist, but when I give an opinion on something, I think I'm right on it, and I do think that there are some people who are just fucking morons. And there are a lot of people who are just fucking morons, and a lot of them are sports radio listeners who have inane, stupid opinions. And I, I just got kind of tired of talking to these people who had these inane, stupid opinions. And in my mind, I'm like, why the fuck am I wasting my time doing something? I'm not enjoying it. I'm not having fun doing it. Um, I'm talking to fucking morons. Not you guys. You guys are you guys are the good kind of fucking morons. You know I love you, the guys that listen to the pod. But like, I'm talking about people that respond to dumb shit shit on social media and it's like for whatever reason I was really at like this this point where I just really hated sports and talking about sports and that's ultimately what this podcast is about it's about talking about sports and life and everything else um and I know for months it had gone down this kind of stretch where it was like oh it's really hardcore politics and Josh is trying to be Clay Travis and Josh is trying to be Fox News or Josh is racist and I get all that, but at its core, this is still talking about sports shit in a fun way and kind of a different way and kind of an engaging way that isn't the typical bullshit you hear on radio from people and other podcasts. And at that moment, I guess it would have been August 11th or August 12th, I just said to myself, like, 
I don't feel this right now. I don't enjoy this right now. It's not appealing to me right now. And that's why I stopped. And like every day I would say, hey, should I go in and do a pod? And I couldn't get myself to go in there and do it. Again, there are much harder things in life to do than record an hour podcast every day. Like I'm not trying to compare it to a guy that's a cop or a ditch digger or a nurse or someone doing construction. But what I am saying is I would sit there after getting up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning to do the radio show and then adding a third radio show that I do. Uh, and, and like I'm sitting there and it's three in the afternoon and I would go, do I really want to walk in there and, and talk about this shit that I don't feel passionate about at this very moment? And I'd say no. And I didn't do it. And it went like, you know, two two months, almost two months of that. And I kept trying to find different ways to re-engage with the podcast. And you know, I talked about, you know, different rebranding and show name changes. And I ran down a whole list of names that I thought could work. And I had some logos done up that I thought could work. And you know, like Unwoke Jamokes was something we were going to go with. And I, and I actually have a logo for that. Maybe I'll show it to you at some point. Carrie did a very nice job with the logo. It's great. Uh, but I, I thought Unwoke Jamokes, if I call this thing Unwoke Jamokes, I think it gets labeled political. And, you know, if you say you're unwoke, then, you know, does that turn off certain people? Like, and I just said, I don't want to go with that. That's not what I'm trying to do. And, you know, and then I just, should you call it the Jamokes, the sports Jamokes, the wacky Jamokes? And there was a whole list of options and names and you know i would i would throw things out at jilly and i'd say you know that's kind of a funny name and you know ultimately when we did that i said you know what fuck it you know my name's been on the show forever um that's what the brand is the brand is gis uh people know gis they're part of gis nation um i didn't feel like i needed to change the name of it or the the, the branding of it i changed the logo i felt that needed to freshen up a little bit and have a different pop but I, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't feel like I needed to sit there and come up with a different name. It's just Josh Ennis. That's the the brand of this is the Josh Ennis show, and and that's not going to change. But you know, I, I sat back with Jilly, and I'm like, how do we want to do this? What's the approach we want to take? Um, because and in Jilly's defense, um, you know, and again, she's doing four or five radio shows, and I think there are some days that going back into the studio where she did the four or five radio shows and wanting to record a podcast. It's kind of a, a tiresome thing. She gets up early, does all these things. She's not done with them until like noon. There's a lot of shit she does. And then when I added this other show, I started getting up earlier. Like, what, here's the thing. When I got to, to Nashville, I had one radio show. It was at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I would get up at about 5.15, uh, 5.20, brush my teeth, get to the radio station. I didn't need to be here early, whatever. I added Detroit, and Detroit's a radio show that starts an hour before here. It starts at 6 East, so my ass would then have to get up a little bit earlier. So instead of getting up at 5.15, I started getting up at about 4.45. I then realized that, yeah, that's a little bit tough, too, because i got to make sure that that at 5 o'clock here or 6 o'clock there, i got to make sure they've got content on the radio at 6. So I started getting up at 4 o'clock for this Detroit thing. So I go from getting up at 5.20 to getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Mind you, I don't go to sleep usually until 10.30, 11, 11.30 anyway. It's just the way I operate. Then we added Memphis, and that happened officially two weeks ago, but that's been in talks for a month or so. I have to get up now at 3.45. So I get up at 3.45. 
to do Memphis and Detroit stuff. And full disclosure, none of that is actually live on the radio because I the way we're set up is not set up for me to go live to Detroit or Memphis. It's in real time. I record a lot of stuff and then it sends to them. And it might happen. I might record it 10 minutes before it airs, but it's not live, live like it is in Nashville. So I've got to record multiple shows, try to get ahead on some of those. I got to do live Nashville. I'm up at 3:45. You guys know I can't nap. It's not in my DNA to nap. I just can't do it. So I'm kind of burned out by the time I get home. But then a couple of weeks ago I discovered something. And this is something that many of you have already discovered, and it's something that I never really got into. But it's kind of changed the game for me and I've kind of found a new energy in the afternoons, thus I feel like maybe a podcast can be restarted, you know, just started again. And I started drinking coffee. Now, not just coffee. I drink like these cold brew things that I buy at Target and, you know, you mix them up and you drink them in the morning. I think it's giving me an extra oomph, so I got a little extra jazz. And I think the radio shows got better because I'm not dragging ass and I'm feeling better, right? I'm feeling good because of coffee. I'm like uh, Will Ferrell in that soccer movie, Kicking and Screaming. I discovered coffee and now I'm good to go. I'm raring to go. It's great. So I drink a little coffee and I feel good in the morning. And then last night I'm watching football and I'm watching the Tua shit and I got just so enraged by the reaction to it on social media. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is the fucking time to bring back the pod. And I'm about to get into that in a second, but let me lay out for you what my plan is moving forward. I also forgot to mention this. I have done a lot of communication with uh, a guy who runs a company that that handles sales for podcasts. That's another thing that I've seen people say is, Josh quit the podcast because the show didn't sell anymore. That's not true, actually. We still had some sponsors and still do um, for the podcast. But I was talking to someone, and by the way, Dr. Busby, who we love very much, they've always been on board, and I hope everything's going well with them. I don't know how that storm has turned in, in Beaufort, uh, but we love Dr. Busby and Mr. Dr. Busby. They're awesome. So... Uh, and they've been very loyal, so thank you. We appreciate that. But I, I met up with a guy. Uh, we were set up with a conversation through my old agent, David, who you guys know. And he said, I think you need to start really monetizing your podcast, and I know a guy who can help you do that. He's got a company, and he's helped some other guys who have radio shows and their podcasts get tons of downloads like yours, and they make serious cash. Uh, and you should be making cash. Your podcast is successful, and you've got a great audience, and you put a little hustle behind this muscle. It's George Washington Duke said in Rocky Five, little hustle behind this muscle. So I said, okay, I'll talk with him. I had a phone conversation with him. He explained to me what he does. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so as we move forward, you will start hearing, you know, occasional spots or ads, no different than what I was doing, except they're not me doing them. But if you've listened to the podcast for any amount of time, you know that uh, you know, I do spots before the show, sometimes in the middle, sometimes after, and that's kind of what you're going to get. It's just not going to be me doing them once it starts rolling. But that was another big part of this is trying to find a way to really kind of make it more of a money-making endeavor. Early on, it very much so was, and then because I think I started losing interest and I stopped going out and pushing harder to get it sold, I think it kind of it did go down um, in terms of uh, sales, and that was on me because I can, I gradually was losing interest in it, especially once I got the radio job and I'm trying to do well there and I'm trying to get the show syndicated, and there's a bunch of shit. But I teamed up with this company that's going to um, sell the podcast as well, which is very cool, and that's awesome. And it, here's my plan, and you can like it, you cannot like it, but I think this actually works out better, and it's kind of like an old model of newspapers in a way, which might sound ridiculous, but when you hear it, you'll go, Okay, I can see that. That makes sense. 
I get up really early. I get up at 3.45 every day, and I'm prepping for these radio shows, and I'm doing these radio shows in Detroit, Memphis, and Nashville. It's kind of a pain in the ass, but you do it because that's how you get paid. I usually get to the radio station about now, now that I'm doing Memphis, about 4.15, 4.20. Here's what my goal is. My goal is to every day record a podcast before my radio show start. It might be 20 minutes, just me talking about shit. It'll be just me. More than likely. And I'm going to pump that bad boy out to you bright and early in the morning. So by the time you wakey-wakey for eggs and bakey, you've got the you've got the first morning jiss, if you will. You're going to jiss and wake up. Oh, that's clever. I like Just thought it. Good job, Josh. You will jiss and wake up. That will be the first thing. That'll be. It could be 15 minutes. could be 10. could be 20, whatever it is. Today would be about two and a bunch of other shit. Get that one up there so you're on your way to work, whatever. You've got that to listen to. My goal is then when my radio show is over to have a conversation with somebody as part of the podcast as the second part of the daily podcast. Could be a friend like Sean Salisbury or Matt Moscona or another guest or a Sparky or whomever and shoot the shit. John Cassio, shoot the shit with them for 15, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, however long it goes. Pump that out to you around you know lunchtime. Then... At the end of the day, may not be every day, because again, Jilly does a lot of shit. She's extremely busy, and she does a great job doing what she's doing. Then at the end of the day, in the afternoon, when we were doing the initial podcast before, knock out a 15 to 20 minute, maybe, what the kids are talking about with Jilly. So the ultimate goal for the pod is this, to give you content in the morning that's about 15, 20 plus minutes, give you content around lunchtime that's 15 to 20 minutes or so, and then give you hopefully content in the afternoon, which is 15 to 20 minutes. Can't promise you it's going to happen that way every day. That's my goal, but I, I, that is the goal, and I hope it does happen every day. That is my ambition. Sort of like how you used to have a morning newspaper and you had the afternoon edition, right? I'm trying to give you content all throughout the day. That is my ambition for this, and I think that works out better because part of the reason why I think that there was a lot of burnout doing the pod initially is you do, you know, you're at the radio station for six hours and you're trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, to do content. And then you go home and ultimately I was dragging ass as you guys know, I was dragging ass all the time. And it was like, do I want to do an hour? Like, you know, can I get an hour out of it or 45 minutes out of it? This way I feel like there's different levels of energy throughout the day and I can deliver that to you and you can get it in separate intervals like that. That is my goal for that and that is why I want you to have that. So ultimately moving forward, I want to give you morning, midday, afternoon content. And it starts with Jiss and Wake Up, which is a working title in the morning, but I like it. Jiss and Wake Up. But... Now you guys kind of have an idea of where I am mentally, what I think about in terms of you know where I was for the last month and a half, why I wasn't doing stuff. If you accept what I'm saying, fine. If you don't, fuck it. I can't control what you think. But that is the truth. That is the reality that I'm giving you right now is my situation. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, let me give you something on last night. Uh, so the Tua stuff was pretty gnarly. It was gross. The way his hands were all curled up and everything was pretty fucked up. And you saw the video from Sunday. It was pretty fucked up. The reaction to Tua last night is the reason why I felt compelled to make this day the day that I started podcasting again. Because the reaction that people had on social media was so fraudulent and such bullshit and such NFL finger pointing that I said, you know, I'm pissed and I wanted to tweet about it. I wanted to get on there and say things, but you know you have to word things perfectly. And even if you word things perfectly, dipshits are going to take it and they're going to make you out to be a mongrel and monster because everybody on social media is just looking for validation. So they go out and say what everybody else on social media is saying, which is, oh my God, how could this guy be playing? The league is out of control. There's going to be lawsuits. Oh my God. Here's reality of that situation. Okay. Tua is a grown ass man. That's what he is. He is an adult male. And like most football players, he wants to be on the football field. Now, should he have been on the football field? Eh, Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He was cleared through through their procedure, their protocol, whatever. Should he have been out there? Eh, I don't know. My issue is the way people handle this on social media is that it's a cut and dry, obvious case of the NFL being negligent and mistreating this guy. Oh, and players are treated like shit. Oh my God, these players, they deserve better. They're treated so poorly by all of these horrible owners and coaches that only care about winning. Blah, 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 blah. It's the world's smallest violin. But nobody takes the time to at least suggest that maybe the adult male who's being paid millions of dollars to play football made a choice to go on the field and play football. Maybe he lied during concussion protocol. Whoa, whoa. Maybe he said he felt fine. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he felt great and just another bad hit got him. I don't know. But the way people reacted to it on social media was, oh, my God, how could this happen? The NFL needs to be sued. There will be lawsuits. Oh, you would have thought the dude was dead. Now, granted, it was a gnarly injury, and he was carted off the field. I could see why people would go, oh, I'm concerned because that doesn't happen every day in the NFL. But the way people talked about it was like he was clear-cut, never going to play football again. you got these online neurologists that come out of the woodwork and go, yep, this guy's career is over. He's never playing football again. Oh, he's brain dead. Oh, this. Oh my God, look, at yeah, he should never step on the football field again. Oh, Oh, there's going to be huge lawsuits. Oh, well, no. You hear the story after the game. The guy seems to be okay, probably not in the best shape, but he's fine. He's alive. He's moving. And he's got to reassess what his life is in football. But like the way people talked, it was instantly, dude's basically dead. Dude's career is basically over. The NFL is negligent. That was the reaction to it last night. And I wanted so badly to get on there and say, you know, hey, guys, what if, and hear me out, What if Tua told them he felt fine? It's his body. He made a choice. But those are the things we think but do not say on social media, and we save them for podcasting because if you say that on social media, you're an evil monster who doesn't care about the health and well-being and safety of football players, and you are evil and terrible and must be stopped.
But that's let's go back to what football players are. Football, by the way, there's a lot of fraudulent football players on social media, uh, current and former football players who are full of shit. And at some point, people need to start telling these athletes they are full of shit. And that's part of the reason why I've grown disenchanted with sports and why I stopped podcasting for a while and why a lot of times I feel like I hate sports is because everybody is full of shit. And these athletes, especially in these kind of situations that get big reaction on social media, general speak, generally speaking, they are full of shit. I see a lot of these guys. Oh man, like I saw it was a uh, uh, it was Robert Griffin the 3rd who posted a video on Sunday of Tua stumbling around looking concussed and goes, "Man, people need to stop saying this dude is soft. He got his ass back in the game and he's shutting up a lot of haters." Then to, last night he retweets his own post and basically tries to paint himself as some sort of great guy cuz he called out that something was wrong and something needs to change. Well, you're the one saying he's a warrior for playing through it. Why didn't you tweet on Sunday that he shouldn't go back in the damn game because he's clearly concussed? Why? Because everybody jumps on board with this stuff and they're afraid of the backlash on social media, so they just kind of hop on board with the general narrative and the pitchforks and the fire and the brimstone. And that's what you get from a lot of these fraudulent football players. You you guys know this. I've done sports radio for 20-plus years, give or take, and I've interviewed a lot of football players. And really, at the heat or in the heat of my time – in sports media, it was concussions and CTE and, and Dave Dewerson and Junior Seau and these guys killing themselves, and that was always part of it. That was like a big talking point. You talk to the Jim McMahons and everybody like that that have had brain injuries and the Kyle Turleys and just go down the list. Defensive backs, running backs, Dante Hall, all these guys. I could use Dante Hall as an example. Like Dante Hall, the human joystick, made his living being able to to make moves and evade people and score touchdowns on most of the time on punt returns and kick returns. I believe he was one of the guys we asked about this. And we asked, hey, like concussions, would you rather have a concussion or a leg injury? Every one of these football players says, oh, a, a concussion. I think it was Dante Hall who told me a story about how like he had a concussion in a game, flew home, didn't remember flying home, had a headache the whole time. But you ask him and you say, would you rather have had that or your leg injury? No, a leg injury ends my career and I don't get paid. I can live with a head injury. Head injury, I survive. Head injury, I'm back in a week. Leg injury, I'm out for the year and I don't make money anymore. So I have a hard time with football players screaming to the mountaintops about player safety when they, in many interviews, I'd argue that 99% of the people I've interviewed, football players, current and and former, have all said, hey – I, uh, I, dude, if I had a chance, I mean, I'd take my head off all day because I can't make a living without my legs. So you can understand where it rings hollow when these same guys who have that same mindset of be a warrior, always got to get back in. I got to put food on the table for my family, take out my head, but not my legs. When those same people are crying on social media and on television that the league doesn't care about player safety. Friends, you don't give a fuck about your own safety. And if you did, you wouldn't play football to begin with because you're guaranteed to get injuries and concussions and broken bones and arthritis. And you know that because all of you say it and you say you expect to get it, but you do it because you love the game and you got to feed your family. So football players in general are full of shit, and athletes, by and large, are full of shit. Another thing that makes them full of shit, and I think this was Richard Sherman who said this at some point, but like people forget that uh, football players and athletes are truly just human beings, and they just want to entertain you. No, you don't care about me. You don't care about entertaining people. You play football not because you're here to entertain Josh Ennis or his listeners. You play football because you get paid, friend. That's why you play football. That's how you earn a living. That's how you become a millionaire. That's how you live the lifestyle you want to live. That is how you make money. 
I am a radio guy. Like, listen, I love my listeners, and I hope you're entertained as hell, and I truly do appreciate you guys. But I don't podcast or do a radio show because, God damn it, I got to entertain people. I do it because it's what I can do and what I'm capable of doing, and I'm pretty good at it, and that's how I survive financially. But football players in moments like this, like basically they want to be treated like extraordinary citizens until something bad happens. Then you want the, they want you to remember that, hey, we're just humans too. You guys are animals for watching us. We're just, we're just animals in a cage for you people. But they all wanted to be treated like special otherworldly citizens and stroked for their great skill and patted on the back and offered free meals at restaurants and blow jobs from whores and all the sex they can handle. They all want that until the tide turns and it's bad and it's, you know, I'm just a human. I am only human. I'm human too. Yes, you are. But you also get rich off of the fact that people don't view you as human and you're fine with that until the table turns and somebody gets hurt or something. So it was gnarly, and it sucked that Tua was in that situation. It was gross. His hand and everything was very weird. But he's a grown-ass man who made a decision. Oh, how did he pass the protocol? Maybe he lied. All of us have lied doing something before, right? About you know when you take some sort of a, a, a test to try to pass up the dry, like a driver says, you lie about things. You, 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 an eye exam, you lie about things. People lie in these sort of tests all the time. Hey, Josh, what's your pain level? Oh, it's nine. Oh, really? Let's get you some Dilaudid. What's your real pain level? Probably like four. You don't need Dilaudid or a Percocet. But boy, you're in the hospital and they ask you what your pain level is and they're going to give it to you. So, hey, I'm at a nine. I really need it, doc. We're all full of shit. People lie. But like, you want to put blame on the NFL? Fine. Should the guy have been in the game? Whatever. Passed a protocol and made a choice to play. And at some point, you have to start looking at the people who make the choice to play and say, they made this decision. Because one thing I'm not going to do is get on a podcast or on the radio and say, oh, poor pitiful player that he's hurt. The, the league should be ashamed. Well, if the league should be ashamed, then the people who cover the barbaric sports should be ashamed, and the people who play it should be ashamed, and the media people who get rich off it should be ashamed, and the fans who spend their hard-earned money should be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. When a guy drives his car into a wall in NASCAR and, and ends up with a broken arm or dies, I'm not ashamed that I was watching it because they chose to do it. But nobody wants to say these things on social media or you're a piece of shit. That's why I don't bother. That's why I felt so compelled to come here today and tell you how I felt about this because at least you have the context of how I feel. Social media doesn't give you that context. It would just look like there's heartless dickhead hack radio host who feels like, you know, two is to blame for his injury. Well, at the end of the day, he is because he chose to play football. You made that decision. You drink 10 beers, drive home and hit a tree. Ultimately, I don't blame the bartender. Now, sometimes legally they do, but I don't blame the bartender. I blame the person who chose to get drunk and get behind the wheel. Like, why do we want to sit here in life and always blame everybody but the people who should be blamed? Oh, that bartender over-served uh, over, uh, him. Yes, and he should be held accountable for that. But at the end of the day, the guy chose to put the drinks down his throat, chose to not give his keys to someone else, chose to get into his car, and drove and hit a tree. Same with Tua. Tua made that choice. He did not have to play. And in the world of this era now where it's, oh, my God, head injuries are so bad and guys got to take care of their bodies and load management and all of this and all these sports, if people would have saw the video of the way he stumbled and fell down the other day and he said, you know, I don't, don't think I can play, man. My brain is scrambled. Sure, there'd be people shitting on him. But at the end of the day, it's 2022 and people view things differently. Now, if you want to talk about hypocrites, I can talk about that. Then I might be contradicting myself a bit here. But keep in mind, 
Social media is the same place where people say things like, oh, these NBA players are pussies for load management. Play games. Michael would have played all the games. Or my favorite, oh, what is this shit? Is this flag football? Oh, my God. Put a flag on him. Put a dress on him. Oh, my God. That personal foul, they're out of control. The ref's got to stop taking the game over. The same people who say that are the same ones saying, oh, my God, this is terrible. What are we doing? The league should be ashamed, and the Dolphins should be ashamed. Like, what do you want the coach to do? Like, that, there's a question for you. People are ripping the coach. What the fuck do you want the coach to do? Player says he can play. The doctors say he can play. What the fuck else is he supposed to do? He's going to say, well, my player wants to play and says he's healthy. My doctors say he's healthy. Oh, I'll sit you anyway. Like, like, people are fucking insane. I mean, people are nuts. And, like, they don't think. They just say dumb shit. And then everybody jumps on in this weird dumb shit groupthink party. And then it becomes fact. And then former players who are total frauds are out there yelling and screaming about player safety. As if you fuckers gave a shit about player safety or as if you care about it now. Like the NFL is a fascinating thing because the NFL and the people who cover the NFL, the writers and everybody else, these people get rich off of the NFL. Yet they actively try to destroy it every day. Like, it's like they want to be the entity that brought down Goodell or brought down the NFL, yet they get rich off of the fact that they cover it and talk about it. The existence of the NFL is why they have a job and why they can eat. Yet they actively look to destroy it. It's fascinating. And I'm not saying you can't be critical. Again, it's fine to be critical and say, yeah, it's kind of iffy that that dude was even out there. But you can't just look NFL, NFL, coach, Dolphins, and not say, hey, grown-ass man made a decision. And that's ultimately what happened there is a grown-ass man made a decision. He's not 17 years old. He ain't Lance Harbor getting needles shoved in his knee over at West Canaan. He's a grown man that makes millions of dollars to play in the league. Like the sympathetic, like, oh, the two has been mistreated since he got in the league, and now they forced him to go out. Motherfucker's getting paid millions of dollars to play football, and he chose to go into that game. You have to hold him somewhat accountable. But nobody does because everybody's afraid to do that. And then they get caught up in the moment of, oh, my God, is the guy dead? What do we do? Oh, my God. So there. I feel better venting a little bit. All right. Uh, thank you, guys. I appreciate you. I've actually I've got other s- stuff I got to do. I Starting you know here soon, maybe Monday, my goal again is to get you something morning, something noonish, something afternoonish. And we'll go from there. But I, I hope you guys got an idea of what I'm doing, why I was out so long, where my head's at, what I'm thinking. So you guys are great. I fucking love you. We'll see you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.